Hello, and welcome back to Music Therapy and Beyond. My name is Alyssa, and it feels so good to be back after a brief hiatus. Like most of you, we here at Giving Song have been in a very busy season of transition and growth, so we took a moment to focus on some other really exciting things happening here, some of which we will be sharing with you very soon. So this week's segment is our learning week of September, and we're going to be answering the internet's most asked questions about music therapy. I've compiled this list that was generated from the website Answer the Public, um, which is a really neat website where you can look up any topic and see what people are asking about it on the internet. They break it down into different types of questions and different categories. So I've taken those and further categorized them or just chosen some questions that I've never answered on this podcast before. It's going to be a little bit random, but it is going to be fun. So with that, let's turn it over to the people and answer the internet's most asked questions about music therapy. Let's go ahead and dive right in. Question number one, how to find a music therapist near you? This is a great question. There are um, several different ways. There's an online directory for those registered with the American Music Therapy Association. So you can search um, by a specific name, an area, um, or facility or population type. This is not an exhaustive list of all music therapists, but it's a great starting point if you're seeking services. I'll include a link to this directory in the show notes for your reference. Um, Additionally, for states that require licensure, you can search the state's music therapy registry as well. Also, if you're seeking specific approaches for services, um, such as from a neurologic music therapist, the NMT Academy website has a registry of all um, credentialed neurologic music therapists that you can make service inquiries from. But probably the easiest way to find a music therapist near you is just by doing a simple Google search that will probably turn up um, all of the music therapists near you. And you can go from there. But there are lots of different ways to get access um, to finding who is near you if you're seeking services. The next question that came up in various forms is about music therapy qualifications. So specifically, can you do music therapy without a degree came up a lot. So let me help clarify a couple of things. The short answer is no. You need a music therapy degree to be a music therapist. You are not eligible to be a credentialed music therapist without a degree. Currently, it is a bachelor level entry field and an equivalency master's degree will also qualify you for licensure. Um, As a side note, bachelor's level, master's level, and PhD level degrees are available in music therapy. But after you complete your bachelor's degree, um, which includes a six-month or a thousand-hour clinical internship, you are eligible to sit for the board certification exam. If you pass, then you receive your MTBC credential, um, which stands for Music Therapist Board Certified. And by continuing education and recertification every five years, you can maintain your credential. 
Additionally, um, music therapists are hard at work all across the country to get state licensure in every state. Um, a handful of states have accomplished this already, which would further protect um, our credential and increase the qualifications necessary to practice music therapy. So as a side note, if you're aware of someone practicing music therapy but are unsure of their credential, you can contact the Certification Board for Music Therapists or check the registry online to ensure that they're licensed and in good standing um, in order to protect those receiving those services and ensure the high standards of practice that our field upholds. The next question is, who is music therapy for? So I'm going to kind of break this down because it came out in a, multiple different questions or different ways of asking kind of the same question. So first, I'm going to talk about outcomes. So music therapy is an effective form of treatment for many reasons. We've highlighted some of those across our podcast. So if you're interested in looking at some more specific topics for music therapy, I would encourage you to go back through our log of episodes and see if your questions can be answered in a specific topic. But music therapy can be effective for a number of outcomes in mental health, rehabilitation, early childhood development, older adult care, hospice, pre, para, and postnatal care, trauma. I mean, the list truly goes on. If someone is motivated by music and has a therapeutic need, I would encourage them to have an assessment or a consult done with a music therapist. Each person and need is unique, so seeking out a professional music therapist to help you identify ways that it can or may not be appropriate is the best thing to do. There is no prescriptive or one-size-fits-all treatment in music therapy. Um, so really getting that specific one-on-one -on -one time to get your questions answered and to be assessed by a music therapist is the best route. Speaking of which, this question went on, um, to be asked in light of several specific diagnoses multiple times. So I'm going to break down each of those and kind of answer how music therapy can be effective for each of these diagnoses. But again, it's not prescriptive or one-size-fits-all. So music therapy and dementia. Because of the way that music and memory is processed in the brain, um, music therapy is one of the most effective forms of therapy for the longest amount of time during the progression of the disease. It can not only address the cognitive needs of those with dementia, but also the social, emotional, and physical motor needs as well. Music therapy and anxiety slash music therapy and depression. Music therapy can be a non-threatening form of therapy, um, especially for someone who may be struggling with traditional talk therapy. It's a way for someone to work on coping skills, grounding, finding a sense of safety, and processing their emotions both verbally and non-verbally. It can be so empowering to some who are not yet ready to talk about how they feel and to have a space to create expressively and vulnerably. Music therapy can be especially good at highlighting the resources of our clients and operating from a strengths-based perspective. Um, additionally, based on the research that we know about how music is processed in the brain and in the body, it can be an incredibly um, regulating and soothing tool in a therapeutic setting. 
Um, but as with any therapy, it's important to find the right fit of a music therapist to work with you. So during your assessment or consultation, they will help you understand their approach and methodology for addressing your needs, but feel free to ask specific questions and always share your concerns. Music therapy and mental health. So zooming out a little bit, um, similar to the points on working with anxiety and depression, mental health in general is a really popular area of work within music therapy. Going back to research on music in the brain, you will find me always going back to research on music in the brain. Um, music therapy and especially trauma-informed music therapy can be a powerful educational tool for both patients and facilitators to understand behavior and how to address needs within the body. It can, it can create a safe space for individuals and groups to create, process, and connect in ways that are not as easily accessible or possible outside of the container of music. It can be very non-threatening and can be highly empowering to patients whose autonomy may be limited, um, especially within an inpatient setting. Lastly, music therapy and autism was searched quite a bit. So music therapists often work with autistic individuals across the lifespan to address academic, speech, physical motor, attention, sensory, and social or emotional goals. Music is a natural, inclusive way for people to communicate and can be a great tool to learn activities of daily living and how to interact with peers or how to appropriately um, meet sensory needs. Music therapy for autism can be on an individual basis, in a school setting, or in group settings regardless of age. It can be used as a tool to address brain and body needs. The next question um, had to do with music therapy and co-treating, specifically with occupational therapy, but I want to talk about it with um, other types of professionals as well. So how does music therapy collaborate with other professions? Um, music therapists love to collaborate with other professions. While we're able to treat independently of any other type of therapy, music therapy is working at its best when it's working on a team. It's already common and becoming increasingly common to find music therapists co-treating with other professions such as speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, and other mental health professionals. There is some great research on how much more effective treatment outcomes are when you combine the effectiveness of music therapy with other therapies. Um, for instance, during physical therapy, a music therapist providing support with client-preferred music can greatly increase patient motivation and decrease perceived levels of pain and work. Additionally, because of how music is processed in the brain, uh, here I go again. Music can be a neurologically effective tool, such as in neurologic music therapy combined with occupational therapy. And within a mental health setting, for instance, music therapy can be a really great way to establish group cohesion, um, open up communication, and provide um, a layer of safety, while the mental health professional can provide a lot of that deep processing and uh, trauma work. So there are a lot of really cool ways that music therapy can collaborate and co-treat with other professionals and specialists in their area, um, and we love to do that. The next question is, why get music therapy and why does it work? So I've answered this question kind of in indirect and in various ways already. Um, music therapy is a unique way 
of therapy and methodology of therapy that can be effective for many different reasons for many people. It's not a catch-all and it's not magic, but as an evidence-based field, there is a lot of research to support why it works for so many people and so many needs. Next up is a really interesting question that is, I don't get asked this question a lot, um, but it does come up sometimes, but I find it to be really interesting. Um, Who invented music therapy? And I'm going to give you just kind of like, I'm going to answer this question with a brief history of music therapy because there wasn't any one person that invented music therapy. So the earliest published reference to music therapy was in 1789 in a medical journal and the article was titled Music Physically Considered. In the early 1800s, it was referenced in multiple other medical dissertations and went on to be a very prominent form of treatment uh, for soldiers in hospitals during World War I and World War II. Several early pioneers in music therapy attempted to form various unifying associations in the early 1900s, which spawned several of the earliest journals, articles, and educational resources that we had. Um, But unfortunately, it did not um, unify or standardize the profession as a whole yet. E. Thayer Gaston is known as the father of music therapy for his work in propelling the field forward in formalizing music therapy academia and organization with the first music therapy university program being founded in 1944. The American Music Therapy Association was founded um, a little while later in 1998 as a merger of two prior large organizations. So to this day, Um, AMTA is the National Organization of Music Therapists, and it serves as the main source of education, advocacy, and literature for music therapists and students alike in the United States. Um, And lastly, the Certification Board of Music Therapists has been overseeing professional standards and competency since 1983. Music therapy was primarily founded out of the United States and England. However, it is highly established all over the world today, and there's a lot of amazing um, academic work, literature, and research coming out of countries all across the world. Kind of going off of that, another question that was researched or asked a lot is, when is World Music Therapy Day? The answer to that question is March 1st. So on March 1st, that's just the day that we take to celebrate music therapy work being done around the world, um, which I think is a really fun thing to celebrate. So the next kind of question is, um, where is it used? Where did it start? Where can you go to school for it? It being music therapy. So I've answered Um, kind of parts of these questions already, but music therapy is found in private practices, schools, hospitals, group homes, assisted living, prisons, mental health facilities, and various other places. Music therapy degree programs exist all over the country. You can find more information on the AMTA website, uh, musictherapy.org, or by just doing some internet research um, on your own. There are also some distance learning degree programs that may be a good option if you're already a working professional. That is how I'm getting my master's degree right now from Alverno College, which was one of the first music therapy undergraduate programs in the U.S. Just as a fun fact, shout out to Alverno. (laughs) Um, So the last question that I'm going to answer is, can music therapy help me? This was something that also came up in various forms on Answer the Public. 
But the best way to answer this question is by referring you to find a music therapist in your area or virtually to talk with you and perhaps do an assessment. There are many things to consider when determining if music therapy is appropriate. So talk to a professional who can look at your specific case and situation. The short answer is if you have an area of therapeutic need and you are motivated by or respond to music, you or someone that you love may be a good candidate for a music therapy assessment. So that is as far as we're going to go this week with the questions. If you want to look at the exhaustive list of these questions, I'll include a link in the show notes. Um, I would love to hear what you guys thought about what people were asking about music therapy. I think it's so interesting because as a music therapist, I no longer have kind of that objective perspective um, that people who don't know what music therapy is have. And so it's really interesting for advocacy purposes to keep in mind what people know or don't know and to know what they want to know about and know what they want to ask. Um, So take a look at that list. Maybe even do a search on Answer the Public for yourself and see what comes up and try to find ways to incorporate answers to these questions or consider where they're coming from when being an advocate for music therapy and going out into the community. You can find all the show notes at musictherapyandbeyond.com. You can reach out to us at musictherapyandbeyond at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook so that you're not missing any episode updates or resources that we're putting out there for you. We'll see you next week for our clinical segment in September, but thank you for the work that you do in all the places that you do it. We'll see you next time. Bye.